You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. Well, good morning. Would you take the word of God that you have with you and turn to Psalm 78? Psalm 78. I'll talk in a minute, but just taking one more week off of Romans, a little mid, what is it, post-summer, almost summer, uh, break a little bit from Romans with Dick Persons here last week sharing about their work in the Philippines and then this Sunday as Sunday school begins. Psalm 78, we're going to just look, there's 72 verses, but uh, we'll just look at verses 1 through 8. On your way there, I do have a picture from last week and this is from, uh, actually this is two weeks ago, isn't it? It's late. Where's Marshall? Somewhere, Marshall Void is here. There he is, there he is, he's hiding behind John. Okay, all right. Uh, Marshall Voigt gave me this, and we were talking then, I think, about the, the mirror, and uh, uh, the Bible, I think, is a, is a mirror to us, and, and the Word of God to us, and yet God's grace in that. So thank you, Marshall, for that picture, and others. Today, you have fresh crayons. I heard from Carol, it, new crayons today. So adults, you might want to get in on this. There's nothing like a fresh crayon. Uh, you know the old ones, you know, so it's great, but anyway. All right, you're on your way. We're in Psalm 78. Let's just look at the first eight verses. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which He commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Let's pray once again. Lord, just look to You for this time we have in Your Word. Would You again, by Your Spirit, Bring things to mind. Give us understanding of what you've written here. Father, where our minds are distracted with the world around us or with what we have not accomplished this week or what we're looking forward to or anything else, Lord, we just pray that our focus would be on your greatness and your goodness and your works and your glory. And so do that by your Spirit today, that you use weakness to show your glory and your strength. And we thank you for, for that and pray you'd go with us as we look in your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as Sunday school has begun today, and hopefully you were all or many of you were able to make it and your kids uh, seem just fitting again to take a week off of Romans and really uh, consider just, just what sort of vision we might have for the next generation even here as a church. And so that's kind of what we're thinking about as we look in this passage. Uh, something we talked about as we did our Sunday school training for this year, just a, what was it, a Wednesday night that we looked at, at some of these things and thinking about our vision. What is God's vision for, for the kids of our church? And 
thought about that, but today's just a good place, I think, for all of us really to consider this vision. It's really a vision to pass, pass on the, the greatness of God and then the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to the coming generation so that, as Psalm 78 says, they would put their hope in God. They would be faithful to Him, hoping in the Lord. And according to Scripture, this idea, this passing on to the generation, primarily is the role of the parent, the parents in this. But we as a church, and I'm thinking corporately, that's all of us who are hearing me, whether you're young or you're older, we all share and we want to come alongside parents in this primary task to boost them so that the generation, so that a hundred years from now there's a people gathered studying God's Word if the Lord doesn't come back before then, studying His Word, faithful to Him, and loving Jesus. And so we want to look. Now we're going to not look at all 72, we'll, we'll hit a few of them here, 72 verses of this psalm, just mainly the first eight. I think if you have to sum up the psalm though, there's a generational, that's in here, generational call towards faithfulness to the God who does wondrous things. I'm going to use verse 7 as kind of my, my outline here, and you actually, I don't, most weeks you don't have an outline, but some weeks I put it in there for you. You've got it before you there. Um, that next generation faithfulness here, we're going to see from verse 7, involves uh, hope in God alone. It involves remembering the works of God and then keeping the commands of God. And I think you could say holding fast to the Word of God. And so we're going to look at those. We're going to actually look in reverse order. But the aim here in all of this is to be God. God Word. God and His glory. That's the aim of the telling. It's the aim for the generations. Not just so we can, boy, I hope this building lasts or I hope something of my legacy it's that the greatness of God, His worth, and His worth in Christ would, would last and continue. So let's just briefly, we're going to dig into the psalm, and let's look at the call here in verse 1. Verse 1, it says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. You can hear in the repetition there what the psalmist is telling us to do. It's a command, listen. Listen to this. Give your ear to. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. So any hope of passing on the Word of God and thus the glory of God to the next generation means something in the present, doesn't it here? It means that our generation, presently we must listen and incline our ears as well. It's a command. Give ear, O my people. In Exodus 21, 6, uh, Interestingly, the Bible speaks about a slave who at a certain point, I think it's after six years, can go free. But if they want to stay there because they're married, and you can look all into that, if they volunteer to stay on with their master, he is to have their ear bore through with an awl, and then this one shall be the slave forever. They actually put the ear, and I don't know, they pound through it, what, what this is, but pound through the ear. And so quite literally, it seems like the master has the ear of the slave. Should not God's Word, which comes from God Himself, have our ear as well? It's like we're all, we are, we are bound to the Word of God. Part of that is hearing the Word like on a morning like this. We come to hear the Word taught. Part of it's perhaps putting the Word into your heart, memorizing, 
There's that M word, the memorizing word. Chewing on it, learning it. Whether you remember it a year from now, the work of memorizing is so good. Or just simply reading the Bible on your own, reading it with others, reading it on your own, taking time, listening to it. We can't pass on to the next generation what we don't, kind of a common phrase, what we don't possess ourselves. So may our own ears, may we be a generation, this generation, to, to listen, listen less to the world. There is a lot of sound. There are a lot of sounds out there to listen to. They're on our, they're on our phones. A lot of things. May we incline our ears to the Word. Who has our ear? May the Word, may God have our ear. We'll skip down from verse 1 down to verse, verses 5 and 6. It says there, He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. Now there's a he in the beginning of verse 5. He established. Who's the he? Of course, God himself. This is the Lord. There's different names. He established a testimony or laws or commands. They've been established by him. It's, th- it's this word of God. And the word of God, it's not some arbitrary book or just a nice book of, of some good sayings. We talked about this in Sunday school. It's, it's self-attesting to itself. This is the word of God that we're listening to. It's not just any word or, boy, that's a good book on how to be a leader or a good book on how to parent or this. This is the Word, the Word of God. And by God's grace, He communicates Himself to us through it. Now, Psalm 19 attests certainly to creation, the revealing of God in creation. talks about the heavens declare the glory of God. We sang about the God of wonders and a starry night to look up and think of this revealed God from the smallest of things to the largest of who this God is. But God also reveals Himself in the Word. In the same Psalm 19, it says there, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. You see what we have, by God's own description, what we have in the Word. The soul is revived. The simple are made wise. The heart is made to rejoice. The eyes are enlightened. Truth is taught. And it is sweeter than honey. Or fill in your sweetness. A Reese's peanut butter cup. Or a mocha frappe. Or a sweet tea. Or cake. Or pot. Whatever that, it's more. Whatever sweetness that gives you a taste of that, God's Word is more to us. May we be filled with the sweeter Word of God. And it's this Word that we want to incline, we're told to incline our ears to. And the Word we must make known to the next generation. That's the second part of verses 5 and 6, that He commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet 
unborn. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 6, 4. He says to not provoke our children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is the high calling of fatherhood. It's a calling that involves loving our kids and or by pointing them to the Lord. We talked about that this summer with our Bethany men and our early mornings in the garage. We talked about training up our children and thinking and loving our kids. And we also talked about loving our wives well and then leading our family to worship God. That was part of this summer. And in fact, I've asked some of the men if they would be willing to come and share briefly by way of exhortation about the summer. So you guys that are going to come share, why don't you come up here? I know there's a few that have said, I will share something. So Caleb, let me turn on this microphone. A couple brave ones. So I'm going to just have them at this point share what something we learned during exhortation. So Mark. <laughs> Mark, paper, scissors, I guess I got the... Uh, okay. Um, anyways, um, my name is Mark, for those that uh, met most of you, I guess. But um, we're kind of new to the area and the church, um, about a year and a half or so. And uh, I remember shortly when we, we got here last year, it kind of became summer pretty quickly after that. And I heard about the morning uh, men's morning Bible study and heard about the time. And uh, 6.30 is a little early for me. Um, especially we live about half an hour away, so it's a little bit of a, a hike in. Um, so I didn't go last year, and having gone uh, this summer, uh, I'm kicking myself now for not having gone last year. I really enjoyed uh, the, the the guys that we got to, to hang out with, and some of the younger guys came too. And, um, you know, I, it makes me think back to uh, we spent some time in, in Africa, and um, one of the uh, the pastors of a church that we went to for a little bit said um, every week after the sermon was over, he would say, thanks for coming today, but try to remember that having come to church today is only about 10% of what is a church we can give you. And what he meant by that was becoming a part of smaller groups, um, smaller group studies of the word is so important. That's the other 90% of our growth mm. In, in our, our faith walk. And um, I just really appreciated the, the Bible study this morning. It did get to where getting up at, you know, 536 and, and uh, heading down here um, was, was a joy. It really was, was a lot of fun to, uh, to hang out and talk and, and, uh, and, and just uh, go through God's word. And, and I just really, um, really appreciate it. would really like to encourage, uh, there's more room out in the, the garage where we meet, so try to come next year because it's, it's a good time. Um, and it's just, it was really neat to, to yeah, to just um, dive into God's Word and just uh, kind of hack it apart. And, and uh, I really enjoyed one, one, uh, one week, I know I'm talking a lot, but uh, one week was um, how would you love your wife if you actively remembered that God chose her for you. And that really convicted me. And I love my wife, but I don't always treat her exactly how I should if, if I remember that God really did specifically choose her for me. Mm. I'm thankful that he did, mm. but I don't always treat her that way. So it was just really neat to be um, kind of convicted of that. Mm. But. Thank you, Mark. Mark. 
Mike is brave to give me a platform. <laughs> yeah. I know. Clock's uh, right there. Yeah. yeah, clock's right there. Oh, my goodness. Um, is, that, is that 12 after 11 already? Okay. Oh, we're doing great. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, too, enjoyed the, the time, enjoy the challenge. I think when, when, we, when we're reading through God's Word, whether it's on our own or we're in a study uh, you know, with other people, either way, a good study... Sorry, Caleb, I'm drifting away. A good study is, is humbling. It, there, there's, there's encouragement there, yes, but if we're honest, as we read through God's word, it, it shows our insufficiency. It shows our inadequacy. It shows our need for divine help and divine saving. And, you know, as we go along in a, in a typical uh, stage we we get married and our wives soon see we're not perfect and they soon see our our flaws and then we have children and initially I think they kind of see us as pretty perfect but as they grow older and they begin to see no they make mistakes too and I think one of the biggest challenges I would take away from our study this summer was be, be honest with yourself and be honest with your kids about your failings. And I, I, have, I have failed in this. I am not quick to admit I'm wrong. I'm rarely wrong, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quick to admit I'm wrong. And I think we can do a tremendous disservice to our kids if our kids feel that they have to live up to a parent who believes they're perfect and believes they can't be wrong. And it... It, I, I just I can leave it at that. It can be a tremendous disservice to our kids because we need to show our kids that, hey, you know what? Strive all you want, but you're not perfect either, and you need a Savior, and Christ is the only one. Um, so marriage, children, and if you put yourself in a position of leadership, you're going to be reminded that you're not perfect. And all of these things, as you lead your families, as you... Uh, in a, in a place of business or wherever, and you, you take a leadership position, um, managing or whatever, you're going to find that people are going to point out where you fail. Um, we've got to go back to God's word and find the one who is perfect, the one who never fails, and the one who has promised to equip us through his word. I just want to leave you with, uh, he already referenced Ephesians, but Ephesians, um, oops, I didn't do that right. Ephesians, 6.10. So Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Why I read that is when, when we realize our, our insufficiency to, to parent, our insufficiency as, as husbands, our insufficiency to lead um, in any, in any uh, application, it can be discouraging and down, you know, downright depressing if we stay there. But we're, that's one of the schemes of the devil is to, is to just beat us down and say, you know what? You are a failure. You, are, you aren't able to do this. 
And while he's he's, he's, he is speaking the truth, this, that's not, not where we stay. We go to the word of God, and Christ is our, the source of our strength. And Christ is, is the one who equips us to do uh, what we've been called to do, which is husbands and fathers. So I'm going to stop there. Thank you, Noel. We've got one more. You guys can hang here. I've got one more entry that came in. So, yeah, you guys can sit down. Yeah, hang up here. With, stay with me. It's, it's support. Um, let's see if I can open my phone while I'm do, doing a sermon. Okay. This one came in from George this morning. So it's a minute long. George was part of our group, too. And I asked everybody. So George sent me. He got this in. So uh, we'll see. I haven't listened to it. So we'll listen to a part of it. So here we go. We'll see if this works. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Clearly, I'm not in church this morning. I am actually going to be taking off in just a couple minutes to go visit a church here in Dubuque. Um, I just wanted to take a minute and just talk a little bit about my time this summer in the men's group. Um, just super thankful for it. And the times that we got together, I know not everything was applicable for me. I'm not a father yet. Um, but there was just some really good things we talked about and things I'm thankful for as I look forward to the man that I will be someday. I want some of the, I want those aspects to be part of my life and to be a good father and a good husband. Um, if there's one thing that I really took away is just to be a man who um, is responsible, steps up, and uh, acts like Christ. You know, I think our world needs a lot of those men today. We have a lot of issues, and when us men are able to act like Christ and be responsible and take action, um, I think that says a lot about us proclaiming the gospel and to make his name known everywhere. So I'm super thankful for the time I had this summer. Um, really encourage you guys to go out and join next year if you're able to. Definitely worth it for me, and I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Okay. All right. That's it. Thank you, guys. Well, I didn't know what anybody would say, but I'm thankful for them to share, to point to Christ and our need, our need for other men to come around other men in this duty, in this telling the next generation. God has given us a high calling. Uh, that's not to exclude the work of a mom in the home, is it? Or grandparents. You may not have a father in the home, and we, we're going to trust by God's grace that he will strengthen you, maybe mom, in this task or place other godly men around your children. But again, to you men that are here today, each of you, consider God's word. That ge- next generation faithfulness involves holding fast to this word of God. That's you, and then it's passing it on to your children. Okay, well, connected to the word is remembering the works of God. Here we turn to verses 2 through 4. Let's look at those. We're still in Psalm 78, verses 2 through 4, that says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. Now, if you're reading along in your scriptures, one question might pop up. Just what are these dark sayings? Why is this in here? Or open my mouth in a parable or utter dark sayings. Adam Clark would translate it kind of plainly here, I think, basically saying, I will give you instruction by numerous examples. 
So this parable, I think these dark sayings, it's a way of saying teaching by examples. And that's what occurs in this psalm. The history of Israel, if we're to read on further, shows uh, the importance of this generational uh, faithfulness. And it's an example of Israel to teach that faithfulness. It's interesting in the Gospel of Matthew, you don't have to go there, but Matthew 13, verse 35, quotes actually part of verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable, quotes it as, as Jesus fulfilling this. And he fulfilled it as he spoke to the crowds in parables. So Jesus' parables would teach by example. You know, there's stories in them. Uh, To those without ears to hear, the message was really obscured. But to those who were given ears to hear, then the message would be heard. In our psalm, how interesting here in verse 3, speaking for Israel as a whole, he implies, the psalmist here implies these things we have heard. We have known them. Our fathers have told them to us. The the call then is to not hide, but to tell, to make known to the coming generation what? The glorious deeds of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. Church, may we not hide the glories of God from our children, from the next generation. So it's the role of, of mom and dad. The Sunday school teacher on a Sunday morning has a role in this, and the body of Christ has a role in this telling of the glorious deeds of the Lord. They are to be made known. And in this psalm, in verses 9 through 72, there's a long example, really a long remembrance of the glorious deeds of the Lord. There's a call in verses 9 through 16, just just briefly, to don't forget his works and his wonders. What were they? He divided the sea. He, he led by a cloud. He split rocks and provided abundant water. That's the deeds of this Lord. And yet verses even 17 through 20, remember Israel had rebelled and they attested God. In fact, in verse uh, 19, look at verse 19, for instance, it says, they spoke against God saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? I mean, he struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? You hear the question? There's a question, can God spread a table? In this wilderness, can he spread a feast? Kids, what's the answer? Can God do that in the wilderness? Yes, he can. A resounding yes. That's our God. In verses 22 then, 32, remember just why God's judgment came. It's because they did not believe in God. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. Ultimately, Israel failed to believe this God of wonders. So remembering and telling to the next generation means telling both sides of the story. There's there's the provision and the wonders of God to provide tables in the wilderness. And there's also God's judgment upon sin and faithlessness. And so this psalm, it's an example of a a godly remembrance where where godly remembrance is recounting the past while while we're living in the present, but it's got a future purpose, that is future faithfulness. And the best recounting of all is found in the Word of God. It's what we have seen and heard. We've seen it experientially in our lives. Yes, pass that on. 
How have you seen God at work? How have you seen his discipline? But especially in the word of God, let us not hide it from the next generation. So next generation faithfulness involves holding fast to the word of God. It involves remembering the works of God, and then it involves putting our hope in God. Look again then, lastly, verses 5 through 8. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children. We've seen this already, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The word is made known. The glorious deeds are remembered so that the next generation might hope in God. And the comparison here is don't be like their fathers. Don't be like that stubborn, that rebellious generation with an unsteadfast heart, with an unfaithful spirit. How easy it is to look around us with eyes set only to this world or set to our own fallen lives, pain and suffering, and we can grow pretty faint, pretty, pretty very quick. There's a multitude of reasons for faintness in our day. Our physical bodies are wearing out. We can't be all. We talked about that. We can't be the perfect dad we want to be or the perfect this or that. Situations around us are largely out of our control. Darkness seems to win the day. And we might be asking, can God spread a table in the wilderness? Can he give bread and provide meat for his people? And the answer again, from God's Word is resounding, yes, He can, for eternity, for now and into eternity. And He is the same God in the New Testament who can say to the storm, peace, be still. And the wind ceases and there is calm. He is the same God who can take five loaves of bread and two fish and feed 5,000 men Plus, that's the God who spreads a table in the wilderness that we are to set our hope in and set forward for the next coming generations yet unborn. And he's the same God who will shepherd his people. I said lastly, look, lastly, lastly, at the end of the psalm. Would you go there to verse um, 67? Look at how this psalm ends. Says he rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. David was a great king, a king after God's own heart. But eventually, David, too, would die. He could not shepherd God's people forever. But the New Testament bears witness to a greater shepherd and a greater king who would come and, yes, die for his own, 
He would atone for their sins, and yet He would rise again on the third day, never to die again. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's the greater Israel. He's the greater David. He kept all the commands. He never forgot. Israel forgot all the time. He never did. Israel was faithless. Jesus is always faithful, and His heart is always steadfast. And so if you be in Christ, you might truly hope in God. You have this hope in God today, you personally. And then the question is, do your kids know about this hope? I want to challenge you, as Milt talked about, we challenge our own selves, as I challenge my own heart and my own household. Is the Word of God seen as precious in your house, or is it simply pulled out at Christmas time? Or we're heading to church, let's grab a Bible. Is the Word flowing in your house? Do you have a vision for the glorious deeds of this God of the Bible? And is His glory lighting your house? David Michael, some of your kids are using, the teachers are using a curriculum from Truth 78, which is going to be based on Psalm 78. David Michael, who is behind some of the curriculum we're using, he has said this, describing their vision for kids in this way. He says, our vision has a generation in view that can read their Bibles with God-centered eyes to the glory of His name. I want to ask you, what might our church look like? What might your home look like in 10 years from now? That by God's grace, we would hold fast to His Word. 10 years that we would remember his great deeds, and that increasingly our hope would be in God alone. I believe, I had to look this up, it's Benjamin Franklin who said, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Now, somebody else wrote, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? We might recognize, <laughs> we're like, I'm more with that one, than, but this is the one I want you to hear. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. That is, okay, 10 years, that's, that's far. That's a good goal, good vision. What about today? It's, it's Sunday, September 4th. What about, we're not even worried about Monday. We don't know what Monday holds. What about today? May you begin, even today, to take a step in your own homes or your own life today so that the next generations, even generations yet to be born, would set their hope in God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for a psalm like Psalm 78 that does not point us to ourselves, but points us to your glorious deeds and the, the grace of a call to our ears to remember and to hold fast and to pass on to the next generation so that we would put our hope in you. Lord, there are a multitude of, of things in this world, people or things or places or events where we would easily put our hope and our joy in. May you alone be who we put our hope in. And may that grow in each heart here. And I pray especially for the fathers in this role, wherever they are, wherever they are in their parenting, whether kids are out of the house or still in the house or 
or even yet to be born, Lord, that you would train them up, teach them, and instill in them a hope in you. And Lord, I just pray for our church, this particular place, whether in 100 years they're meeting at 138 East Main or somewhere else, or they're gathering, or they have to gather in secret. Lord, that you would be the one that we look to that would cause the generations from now yet to be born to follow hard after you, to be faithful and steadfast to you, and to love Jesus with all their heart. And Lord, may we not fail that generation by keeping that from them today. Strengthen us, Lord, with your strength for this task, each of us. We would pray in your name. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.